0: 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
2: Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.
3: Hour number two of the Greg Peterson experience as I'm coming at you live from Circa. It is myself, Greg Peterson, and we've got a great next two hours for you. Going to be going very baseball heavy in the second hour, but also something that I do I always throw it out to you guys on social media with this towards the beginning of the week. Just taking a look at some of the teams that you want me to evaluate their futures. I call it deductive futures. You can call it futures potpourri. Insert your futures teams here. I always want to give you guys a little bit of a plug. If one of you guys are maybe celebrating like an anniversary, if you want to have a little bit of a remembrance for someone, something like that, always want to dive in. I pretty much tell you where there is slash is not money when it comes to a team's future because I typically do the mindset of just trying to find anything with regards to that team because even if you have a downtrodden team out there in like the NBA that want to drafting in the top five or something like that, perhaps you have a rookie of the year contender or something like that. So least have a little bit of fun there. But what is a lot of fun is the fact that we are going to be getting postseason baseball at this time next week. And heck, we're going to be having it in a few days and we might wind up getting Games with a big playoff feel that were a little bit unexpected because we've got a chance at a couple game 163s as well. If the Giants wind up losing on Sunday and the Dodgers wind up winning, you'll be able to have one of those out there in the National League West. You've got a whole lot that could be happening in the American League wildcard as well because the New York Yankees, all they needed to do was get one win in order to secure one of those wildcard spots. They were unable to do so on Saturday. Shane Boz and company and the Tampa Bay Rays wind up taking down the New York Yankees in this one as it was just a so contest, 12-2, to two, the final. You wind up having Luis Patino actually get the win for the Tampa Bay Rays as Mr. Boz winds up not even being able to complete three innings as for the Tampa Bay Rays. They just utilize every piece of their bullpen, and this is just what the Tampa Bay Rays do, ladies and gentlemen. I do feel like if there is value on the futures board when it comes to Major League Baseball, I wound up going through the fact that I would personally be looking at roll over just series prices rather than a futures ticket. It's going to pay out a little bit better for you. You're able to shop the line. If there winds up being a couple injuries, a matchup that you don't like, you're able to walk away with your winnings. If it winds up being a case in which you wind up betting the Rays to say, get out of the American League, but you don't like who they wind up drawing in the World Series, you know what? You're able to do so. But I take a look at the Sampa Bay Rays team, and they've got all the goods. You wind up seeing it on display today. JP Fire Eisen someone who they want training for from the Milwaukee Brewers because the Tampa Bay Rays, they never lose any of these trades. If you're a team and you wind up fielding a call for the Tampa Bay Rays about some guy, what your first step should be is whatever they wind up calling about, you offer him like a truck full of money because they probably see something in that guy. He's probably underpaid. And if you wind up training them, you're probably going to look like a little bit of a fool. That's just the way that the Tampa Bay Rays operate. But when it comes to the Tampa Bay Rays, we all know about the bullpen. We all know about the good pitching. Here's what I think will surprise a lot of people the Tampa Bay Rays lead the league in runs per game with right around 5.7. And their offense is right around 5.7 runs per game on the road, more like 5.4 overall. But I mean, this is a team that they fire on all cylinders on offense. They've got three guys that have given you 30 plus home runs so far this year Nelson Cruz, Mike Zanino, Brandon Lau. And Brandon Lau, he was allowed with a D on Saturday. as. He had not one, not two, but three home runs. And this is just what the Tampa Bay Rays wind up doing. They've got a whole bunch of guys that you've never heard of. They're able to give you some bombs. But at the same time, a lot of these guys, like Brandon Lau, for example, he's hitting a .247 right now. His on-base percentage is a .340. G-Man Choi, sitting right around a .230. He has right around a .350 on-base. And that's what really separates them. And... If the Yankees wind up getting into the postseason, I see a little bit of a fade because we remember that 13-game win streak that the Yankees wound up going on earlier in the year. I felt like that was a little bit built on sand because you take a look at this Yankees team, and I do like the fact that they've got a couple super utility guys that you're able to use out of the bullpen. Michael King has been good for some length, did not wind up looking good on Saturday. As I think that he wound up giving up something like three runs while going a third of an inning, but you do have Luis Severino. In the bullpen, I know that Domingo Herman is someone that they're going to be able to look to as well. But you take a look at some of the frontline pitching, and I do have my question marks outside of Garrett Cole now. Prior to the start, Jordan Montgomery had given up zero or one runs in seven out of his last nine starts, but you felt like there was going to be regression that was doing there. And what I think is going to be really intriguing is that the Yankees have been looking to Nestor Cortez for starts, and he has been very solid for the scene. But you take a look at Nestor Cortez and his game log. He has given up at least one home run, and I'm not even kidding. you 11 straight starts. He has given up three runs or fewer in all but one of them. You got to feel like something's got to give there. Either he stops giving up home runs, or those home runs become two or three run shots. I mean, that's just very unsustainable, in my opinion. Meanwhile, what the Tampa Bay Rays do, they pitch well. Everyone sort of takes that Bill bill, Belichickian sort of mindset of everyone do their job, and they do so very well. So. I feel very secure in saying that I feel like the Tampa Bay Rays have the best shot of being able to come out of the American League and be able to play in the World Series. I think that they've got a good shot to be able to win the World Series. If I'm looking at a team right now that I'm probably going to be targeting on a game-by-game basis to bet on a lot in the postseason. I anticipate a lot of my money going on the Tampa Bay Rays. I could see some of my money going towards the Houston Astros, though. I think that they're going to be able to provide some value. They wind up being able to take down the Oakland A's by kind of 10-4 now. The Oakland A's wound to playing their way on the postseason, and the Houston Astros, well, they already know their fate. They're going to be playing in the American League Divisional Series. Their opponent is still a little bit murky at this point, but we know that the Houston Astros, they are going to be playing in that series. I do think it's actually going to be against the Chicago White Sox, but with the Astros, what I think is very key for this team is that they've got four different guys. that are able to give you 25-plus home runs, and they all do a very good job of getting on bases. All these guys are hitting at least a 270. You've got Jose Altuve, Jordan Alvarez. You're able to check in there, Carlos Correa. And you've also been able to get a little bit of something as well out of Kyle Tucker, who I feel like has been a little bit of a nice find for this team. Keep in mind, this is a bunch in which they wound up operating for much of the year without Alex Bregman. since coming off the injured list. He has been solid. And you've even got guys like Jose Siri, which I think that that's an ironic name pull up the numbers for him fortunately I don't have a phone in which is able to do so but you take a look at him in the very limited amount of games that he's played just 21 of them he's been hitting right around a 350 on base 304 batting average so he's been able to give the team a little bit of something when a guy like a Chaz McCormick has been in there they have been rock solid and when I look about the Houston Astros is that they did a very good job at the trade deadline of being able to shore up their bullpen now Yimi Garcia Ever since coming over, as Nestor, been rock solid. And Kendall Graven did wind up giving up a run on Saturday, but he sure sings up for this team. We've got Christian Javier, who's a little bit of a super utility guy for this team. He's able to give you multiple innings out of the bullpen. I think that they're going to be using him, sort of like they wound up using Charlie Morton a few years ago. I think that Christian Javier has now been able to assume that role. And what I think is key for the Houston Astros is that you've got guys that wind up starting for the team with very demonstrative home and road splits. You've got one guy in Lance McCullers Jr. who has been doing his best work on the road. And this is the exact opposite of what we've seen out of him throughout his career with Lance McCullers Jr. Going into this year, he had about a point point a half lower on his ERA at home as compared to on the road. You take a look at what he's done this year. On the road, he has been nothing short of spectacular. A 270 road ERA, 7-2 and record. He's given up four bombs over the course of 70 innings. Meanwhile, he's given up nine home runs and 40 walks in 92 and a third inning. So, More like 3.9 walks per nine innings when he's been at home. And overall, I believe that his 76 walks actually does lead all of baseball. But he's been able to do a good job of being able to keep the ball in the yard. He's generating a lot of strikeouts. I like the way that he's looking. And then you've got the complete opposite with another one of their young guns in Luis Garcia. Garcia has an ERA that's hovering right around a 540 on the road. He's not necessarily been good when he's been away from Houston. But when he's been in Houston, this guy has been lights out. His ERA at home is half that than it is on the road as well. And then you've got to study Eddie Guy and From Bervaldez, who wound up starting out the year on the injured list. I think that he's going to be a very big key for this team moving forward. We know the fate of them, but what we could wind up finding, depending on what winds up happening on Sunday as well, is what we wound up starting out talking about with the New York Yankees. If they wind up losing, if the Boston Red Sox wind up losing, and that is going to be the biggest ask here, because if you want just absolute calamity, if you want chaos, you need the boss of Red Sox to lose to the Washington Nationals. And it's not very encouraging when I tell you this. The Red Sox are going to be playing against a national starter that I have never heard of in Joan Adone. I wound up doing my research during the break. Apparently, this gentleman comes from the Dominican Republic. He's 23 years old. I took a look at the minor league numbers. Not great, Bob. He went 1-2 and two in three starts at, triple, at double A Harrisburg. And, I mean, if you take a look at him overall for the year, three and a half walks per nine innings. And he spent a lot of the year at A-plus Wilmington. Yeah. I mean, this is someone that was not a top prospect for the Washington Nationals. If you take a look at what you're probably going to be getting for them tomorrow, I've got to think that the Red Sox with Chris Sale going out there on the mound are going to be at minimum $2 favorites. I'm personally setting them right around Minus 260 on the money line, that's probably something that you're going to want absolutely no part of. I'll probably be targeting some sort of a Red Sox run line, even if it's something ridiculous like a minus 160, minus 165, because the Red Sox should absolutely take it to the Washington Nationals, especially when you factor in the fact that you've got Ryan Harper, who's got about a 10 ERA over the last 30 days for this team. Kyle Finnegan has just been absolutely used up by the Washington Nationals. Austin Volta has been a hot mess. So you've got a lot going on with this Washington Nationals team. And for the Boston Red Sox, you can't get it out of the question that they might wind up lighting up because we wound up seeing their last series against the Baltimore Orioles. They wound up losing two out of three in that one here in this series against the Washington Nationals. All their offenses come very late. These games have been competitive. They wound up pulling Tanner Houck after he wound up pitching five perfect innings. I really had my question marks with that move. They were still able to get the job done, but you saw the bullpen look relatively shaky with the Boston Red Sox. So, We've got to talk about what's going to be happening with the American League in general on the other side because you've got a whole bunch of situations that could wind up in a three-team tie. You could potentially get a four-team tie as well. And if you wind up getting a four-team tie, I think that everyone goes to Naganosha Texas, and winds up having a home run derby. So we'll talk about everything that we could see from the American League on the other side right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Beeson the eSports betting network.
2: craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from craftsy and anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's radio's iheart country radio discover more shows and movies for free tired of restless nights meet lisa the sleep expert.
3: This segment of the Greg Peterson Experience is presented by Zinn Nicotine Pouches. Zinn is working to create a world where you can enjoy life on your own terms. Zinn Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and hassle free uh, tobacco alternatives that can be enjoyed on the go anywhere and at any time. So you never miss a minute of the game or tailgate party that you might be at. Available in 10 varieties, including spearmint, coffee, and citrus. Zin can be found at convenience stores nationwide, so you can find your Zin wherever you are. Zin's nicotine pouches are clean and discreet, with no lingering smell, plus it's easy to use indoors or outdoors, making it the perfect complement to your everyday. Also, Zin comes in two strengths, so you have control over your nicotine satisfaction. Keep in mind that Zin does contain nicotine, and for adults 21 years or older, Learn more and find out more about Zyn at Zyn.com. That is Z-Y-N.com. And you can find it at your local retailer. And please know, this product does contain nicotine, and nicotine is an addictive chemical. As we are back here on the Greg Peterson Experience, live here from Circa. And we were talking about it a little bit earlier. Something else that is addictive is just looking at all the calamity that is happening out there in the American League as You've got a possibility of a four-way tango for the two teams in the wild card spots if you wind up having everything break right. And in order for this to happen, you need the Boston Red Sox to lose on Sunday. And the Boston Red Sox are facing a guy I've never heard on in Joan Adone, who's going to be getting the start for the Washington Nationals. Not encouraging. You need the New York Yankees to lose to the Tampa Bay Rays. I would say that it's likely, but you've got Michael Walker who's going to be going out on the mountain for the Tampa Bay Rays. The Tampa Bay Rays have been able to rehabilitate pretty much every career on the face of planet Earth, aside from Michael Walker. I mean, it's just one of these things in which there's nothing you can do with Michael Walker. He still has an Earth of five ERA. On the road, it expands to six, so even better. But with the New York Yankees as well, you do have Jameson Tyon, who ever since winning Pitcher of the Month in the month of September, been a little bit of a hot mess recently so that should give you a little bit of encouragement if you're wondering why i'm not reading off a line well you don't have lines on pretty much any game except for the chicago cubs and the st louis cardinals game because we just have no idea whatsoever what these teams are going to be doing with regards to their lineups you could see a whole bunch of pitching changes as as i'm doing this right now we are seeing announced pitchers like the milwaukee brewers that looked like they were going to be going freddie peralta for tomorrow Instead, good old Brett Anderson is going to be getting the start against Walker Bueller. So that's a whole bundle of fun. It looks like you're going to get Charlie Morton against Noah Thor Syndergaard in a start, in which harkens back to a few years ago. And Syndergaard only wanted pitching one inning in his last start. So you have no idea what you're going to be able to get there. So it's pretty much just a big, giant load of baseball potpourri that we wind up having on Sunday, just like this wildcard chase. And I know that if you wind up getting a three game or a three team, sort of tie between the Boston Red Sox, the Seattle Mariners, and the Toronto Blue Jays. How that would wind up shaping out is that you'd have the Blue Jays go to Seattle to play against the Mariners, and then the winner of that game winds up going to Boston to play against the Boston Red Sox. If you wind up getting four teams, I'll be honest here, I have absolutely no idea what's going to be happening. I think you might wind up having like a duel to the death out there in Dickinson, North Dakota or something like that. I mean, it is anyone's guess. It is absolutely insane (laughs) how baseball has this set up, but... It's going to be a whole lot of fun, and when it comes to the fact that you might wind up having that four-team, I guess you could call it tiebreaker, a big reason why we do have that is because the Seattle Mariners were able to stay alive with their postseason hopes on Saturday night as you wind up having the not just win, but also the run line cover, significant to some, including myself, as the Seattle Mariners were able to get the job done against the LA Angels by a count of 6-4. to four. The Seattle Mariners, by the way, have been 2-4 in Chris Flexen's last six home starts, so this was a big one for them. Jonathan Diaz wound up getting the start for the Angels, and if you wound up having the total of the over as this one wound up closing at 8 pretty much across the board, that wound up getting there. Mariners wind up closing as right around minus 180-ish favorites, and for the Seattle Mariners, it's been so intriguing because you take a look at this team, man. They probably should be nowhere near the postseason. I was talking about it a little bit earlier. How you've got the Oakland A's who are currently out of the postseason race. The A's run differential so far this year, a plus fifty-seven. The Seattle Mares at ninety and seventy-one. It is negative forty-seven. You might have had a team with a worse run differential made the postseason last year when we wound up having that sixteen team feel. But other than that, you've never had a worse run differential be able to make the postseason. So They're looking to really make history. And if you're wondering how the Seattle Mariners have found themselves in this spot, the secret is they've been very good in one-run games. 33-19 and in one-run games. You don't have a single other team in the majors that has more than 31 one-run wins. And that would, ironically enough, be the New York Mets. And the problem with the Mets is they also have 35 losses of one run because the New York Mets, they haven't been great on offense, but they've been relatively solid with their pitching. So that makes a little bit of sense there. but you do take a look at the Seattle Mariners team, they've got their final game of the regular season coming up on Sunday, and it's going to be our good friend Reed Detmers, who's going to be going for the LA Angels. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at the Seattle side, they're going to be putting their chips in the basket of the band that they want acquiring at the deadline in Tyler Anderson. And I think that this is going to be a little bit of an intriguing one as well because you take a look at Anderson, and he hasn't been necessarily impressive, but he hasn't been unimpressive. He's given up more than three runs in just one of his starts. While well, he's been a member of the Seattle Mariners, but he's given up approximately three in quite a few of them. He's actually a kid that wound up growing up in the Pacific Northwest, so you've got to feel like it would mean the world to him in order to be able to get this team into the postseason. I actually think he was born in Las Vegas, as a matter of fact. So you do have a lot there for Anderson as he's looking to get the Seattle Mariners to get into the postseason. And the reason why the Mariners were able to win yesterday is because they were able to get a pair of runs in the eighth inning to be able to lift them. If you're looking at guys that have been very valuable for their team recently, that'd be Mitch Hanniger. He right now, he along with Kyle Seager have a combined 74 home runs really outside of that. You haven't had much offense. And for the Angels, it's just been a really sad story for them because Joey Otani is pretty much going to be getting the AL MVP award. But what have they really put around them? Nothing whatsoever, which is why I do think that it's a big reason why we have seen Joey Otani really start to wear down here in the second half of the year when you're relied upon for everything when you've got zero protection for you in the lineup you're just not going to see any breaks whatsoever plus you've got him obviously being someone that does a little bit of everything I mean he's the first player in 100 years that we've seen start games as a pitcher and then also wind up being a designated hitter as well it's just absolutely insane we haven't seen anything like this since Babe Ruth so the Angels, if you wind up taking a look at what wound up happening during the draft this year, every single one of their pit, one of their draft picks was a pitcher. So you've got a team that clearly knows that they've got a little bit of a problem when it comes to pitching, and they're going to start to try to address that. And another reason why we could wind up having this four-team, I guess you could call it, duel to the death, tango, whatever you want to use for the wildcard spots is because the Toronto Blue Jays were able to get the job done On Saturday, they wind up just completely dismantling the Baltimore Orioles by a count of 10-1. John Means, who had given up two runs or fewer in each out of his previous five starts, gave up a little bit more than two runs in this one. As a matter of fact, seven of them, six of which were earned over the course of three innings, and he didn't just give up more than two runs. He gave up not one, not two, but three home runs, as he got Flyer Guerrero Jr., who's playing for a lot in this final game of the regular season, as he not only is going to look to try to get the Toronto Blue Jays either into a one-game playoff or just into the wild card game itself. But he now has 47 home runs. He is one short of Salvador Perez, who right now leads the league with 48, which that's an impressive story in and of itself. The fact that you've got a catcher who is right now doing all that he's doing with Mr. Vlaggero Jr. He's been able to do a great job of be able to generate RBI as well. I doubt that he's going to be able to get the league lead in terms of RBI because you've right now got Salvador Perez who's got 120 of them, so it certainly is not in the cards for Vlager Jr. to be able to get the Triple Crown, but regardless, a very impressive season from him. And you've got a Baltimore Orioles team that they're going to be trotting out there. Bruce Zimmerman with two ends on the back of it, who's going to be starting against Unjin Ryu. Now, if you've got one trepidation with the Blue Jays of being able to help us get this just absolute mass calamity of chaos that we could wind up seeing in the American League, it is the fact that Unjin Ryu... Has not been himself recently. You take a look at the way that he performed in September. And I would say that it might have been his worst month ever as a professional starter. Whether that be out there in South Korea or that be out here in the States. As you just take a look at what he wound up doing. And it was just not terrific. His ERA in the month was a 920. How often do you say that about him? He's given up at least three runs in each out of his last three starts. And for that matter, three plus runs. And now five out of his last six starts, he has given up a grand total of eight bombs in those last five starts as well, so he's not been solid. And if you do have one redeeming quality with the Welch memorials and boy, there are not many, but you do have a couple guys that are able to hit for this team. Cedric Mullins has been hitting about a 290. He, Ryan Mountcastle, both have 30 home runs. You've got Austin, the Say's kid, Boom Mancini, both of these guys are in between a 250 to 260. Both of these guys, 20 plus home runs. So you do have a lot of redeeming qualities when it comes to lineup. You've also got a Baltimore Orioles bullpen that is north of a 70 area over the last 30 days. If you're new to baseball, that is not very good. So we've got a lot of intrigue that is going to be going down when it comes to the American League with regards to that wildcard game. But looks like we know to expect a little bit more in the National League. So coming up on the other side, we're going to be taking a look at the outlook for the St. Louis Cardinals. who have already decided who's going to be pitching in that one game wildcard. Just a matter of whether they be playing the Giants or the Dodgers. Going to be hitting on that next right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the sports betting network.
0: On VSIN, the sports betting network.
3: Make this football season your best sports betting season ever. Start your VSIN free trial today to get full access to our sports betting experts, including 24 7 video streaming daily best bets, emails, betting splits with the money and ticket percentages on every game, plus full access to VEASAN.com data and analysis You get everything VEASAN has to offer for only $22 a month. So sign up now at VEASAN.com at slash subscribe. That's vesi slash subscribe. As you're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience, I am Greg Peterson, and we got to talk a little bit about the National League here as We're going to have a fun day of baseball on Sunday and there's a potential that we could wind up getting a game 163 if the San Diego Padres take down the San Francisco Giants and the Milwaukee Brewers are unable to pull out a game against the LA Dodgers. Let's first look at the Dodgers game as you've got a Dodgers team that all of a sudden they are just firing all cylinders when it comes to offense. It's not like they have went anywhere as they are currently the only team in the National League exceeding five runs per game on average, but... Take a look at what they wound up doing Saturday night against the Milwaukee Brewers. They were able to absolutely light up Corbin Burns as Corbin Burns entered into this game with a buck 68 road ERA that was by far the best out there in the big leagues. He winds up giving up a home run, three runs in total over the course of two innings. Hurting his in Cy Young Candidacy a little bit. I still think that Hayes is in the barn with him. I still think that he's going to be able to pull that one out, but the Dodgers are able to get an 8-3 to three win in that one as you wind up having Justin Turner, A.J. Pollock, Corey Seager all be able to go yard and for Seager. He's sitting at 375 over the last 30 days. It's absolutely magnificent as you've got a Dodger team that they have put up at least eight runs and now four straight games. I mean, it is absolutely remarkable what we are seeing. And this is a Dodger team as well that has pitched very well. They've given up three runs or fewer in five out of their last seven games. So you take a look at this matchup between Brett Anderson against Walker Buehler. I do recognize that Walker Buehler has been struggling a little bit recently. He's given up more than three runs in two out of his last five games, approximately three runs or more in three out of his last five. But what I love about Walker Buehler is that you know that he's going to be able to give you length. And if you're asking me about odds to be able to win the National League Cy Young, I'm surprised that Walker Buehler hasn't gotten a little bit more love for this because when you've got a guy that has won six plus innings in 28 out of his 31 starts, that needs to mean something in my opinion because we see it with so many scenes. I mean, just look at exhibit A with the San Diego Padres. The fact that they wanted up using up their bullpen so much early on in the year has caused for mass exodus chaos and destruction with them here in the back half of the year. You've seen a Padres team that because they wanted up using up their bullpen so much, go from a team that was literally in control of the second wildcard spot 30 days ago, to now having clinched a losing record for the season, which is just absolutely remarkable. Meanwhile, the Dodgers, they've been able to preserve their balls in the chamber with the bullpen. Now, a little bit is because guys like Alex Vesia, Justin Brule, Phil Bickford, the former Brewer, all those guys have been able to have sub 3-5 ERAs, and they've been able to come through clutch, be able to give a little bit of a break to someone like a Blake Tryon. You've got Kenley Jansen, who looked a little bit rocky towards the middle part of the season. He's been able to sure things up recently, but... When you take a look at Bueller and what he's been able to do, it's been nothing short of magnificent. So I feel like he's getting a little bit of short shrift for that National League Cy Young Award. I think that he's going to do everything possible to give it a good start here. And Then on the other side for Brett Anderson, I think it's going to be very intriguing because all of a sudden the Brewers have another slot open with regards to their postseason roster. Because Devin Williams, I have no idea how and I have no idea why, but he wound up breaking his hand after having a few drinks after the Milwaukee Brewers wound up winning the National League Central Crown. and well, he's probably going to be out for the postseason. I wound up talking to Milwaukee Brewers pre- and post-game host Matt Pauly about this, and it sounds like there's a very, very faint chance that he might be able to return if the Brewers make it to the World Series. Without him, I don't think that the Brewers make the World Series. I am now very sour on that, but for Anderson, you could see a situation which he is pitching for his life of being able to get onto that postseason roster, but we've seen him with the Brewers. Craig Council has been very vocal about this. His starters are not going to be used very far, and you're going to see guys like Daniel Norris come out of the bullpen. And if you're banking on Daniel Norris to give you good headings, you probably want to have something else that you're banking on because that is not necessarily what you want. But for Brett Anderson, what I will give him credit for is that he has been able to do a good job of just merely holding down the fort as he did wind up giving up six runs in one of his starts against the St. Louis Cardinals a little bit earlier. But in terms of earned runs, three runs or fewer given up in, I believe, now 13 out of his last 15 starts. Not a guy that's going to give you too many strikeouts, but we've got no numbers up on this game. I've got to think that Brett Anderson is going to be north of a $2 underdog. I was setting this as if it was going to be Freddie Peralta against Walker Buehler, and I wound up setting the Milwaukee Brewers as a plus 177 underdog with Peralta. You've got to figure that Anderson is, what, 30, 35 cents worse. I'd probably be setting the Brewers right around a plus 210 for this to be a take for me. And with Walker Buehler, I do think that he's going to be able to come out and be solid And when it comes to Padres versus Giants. You're going to have Logan Webb on the mound and the San Francisco Giants just don't lose when Logan Webb is on the mound. In his last 21 starts, he has given up three runs or fewer Webb has in all but three of them. And the team 19 and two in his last 21 starts. He has been absolutely lights out. It took extra innings for the Giants to finally lose the game to the San Diego Padres. This has just been an absolutely tremendous race down the stretch. I believe that the Giants are now 20-5 and in their last 25 games, and the Dodgers are like 19-6. and I mean, it is absolutely great theater. And for the Padres, they have rested their hopes on Reese Canar, who's going to be getting the start for them. So that's not necessarily what you want there, but you do take a look at this Padres team. And what I think it's just so troubling is that the bullpen is so badly taxed. You do wind up seeing Mark Melancon be able to come in, give the team some good innings, Yesterday, they were able to have Tim Hill come in. He was able to do the job, but certainly it is a case in which I do think that it's going to be rough sledding for the Padres. With Logan Webb, he has a sub-175 ERA at home. And you've just got a giant team that is littered with a bunch of guys that are able to belt out home runs for you. You've got seven guys with 18-plus home runs so far this year. And for the Padres, I'll give you a shocking stat. They are scoring the fewest runs per game of any team in the National League ever since August 1st with right around 4.1 runs per game. You would not expect that with a guy like a Fernando Tatis Jr. in the full day. It's not Fernando Tatis Jr.'s fault. He's been playing despite the fact that his arm has been popped out of socket about 57 and a half times. And he's hit 42 home runs in that process. He's trying to get to 100 RBI so far this year. He has been magnificent. Manny Machado has been able to give you a little bit of something. But really, other than these two guys, where have the bats been recently for the San Diego Padres? Just nobody knows. Unfortunately, we don't have a number up on this game because there's a lot of question marks when it comes to the final day of the regular season. But you know that with the San Francisco Giants, they're going to do everything possible to avoid a game 163. You know that with the L.A. Dodgers, they're going to do everything humanly possible to be able to force that game number 163. So there's going to be no shortage of emotion there. So you've got a lot going on with regards to that. And we've got to get you guys caught up on this as we've got a little bit of a development in Hawaii not too long ago, the Fresno State Bulldogs were up by kind of 24 to 10 on the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors. The Hawaii Rainbow Warriors have ripped off 17 points and they are on their way to be able to perhaps get a victory here. 20 seconds left. You've got Fresno State with the ball driving. If you want to blame the 11 to 11 and a half points with Fresno State, this one looks like it's relatively toe toast. You've got a Fresno State punch that they are inside of the Hawaii 30 yard line. So You've got a lot of intrigue here. It looks like they're on the 10 to be exact, but this is a game that all of a sudden has gotten very interesting. And for those of you guys like myself that like the over in this one, well, you thought that your tickets could be used for pretty much a kindling fire, and now they've got new life as this is a total that wound up closing right around 64 to 65, depending on where you look. Right now, the live total is 54.5. I've got to think that this has been pulled off the board because you wind up getting a fuel goal here. You go to overtime, and as we know, College football overtime. Sometimes you might be playing until like midnight or something like that. So it's going to be very intriguing to see what you wind up getting here. As it appears as though Fresno State is going to be trying to run a play and it is something that wound up getting stuffed. So you've got about three seconds left here in Fresno State versus Hawaii. Fresno State currently trails by a count of 27 to 24. So we are certainly going to be keeping you guys abreast of this situation as. You've got a lot that is going on there. But with that said, you've also got a lot going on in Major League Baseball as well as you do have a lot of teams that have wound up locking up everything that they have going on. You're going to have the Atlanta Braves trying to set up their rotation, and it's very intriguing that you're going to be getting Charlie Morton on the mound for this team. You take a look at Sunday's matchup between the Mets and the Atlanta Braves. You've got Noah Syndergaard who's going to be making his second start Since the start of the 2020 season, he wound up missing all of 2020. Had, I believe it was Tommy John surgery, so that was a little bit of an issue for him. Take a look at Charlie Morton. He has been one of the more dominant starters for the Atlanta Braves, but I would have to think that the Braves would probably want to start him in on the road when it comes to the series against Milwaukee, because you take a look at the way that things have shook out for Charlie Morton. He's actually been much more comfortable whenever he's been on the road than at home. As we know, Charlie Morton, a little bit of a journeyman pitcher, he was a big part of the Rays and the Houston Astros teams that wound up going to the World Series in recent years. But for Morton, 306 road ERA, 371 home ERA, giving up just four home runs in 88 and a third innings away from Atlanta compared to 12 home runs in 94 and two-thirds innings when it comes to at home. So you've got a lot of intriguing baseball that's going to be going down on Sunday. And I know a lot of you guys have some intriguing futures that you want me to take a look at. So I'm going to be taking a look at your future, taking a look at where the money is, slash is that on those right here on the Greg Peterson Experience. On the other side, I'm Beeson. Beesports playing that one.
1: Zigazoo has made me zigzag.
2: craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from craftsy and anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's radio's iheart country radio discover more shows and movies for free tired of restless nights meet lisa the sleep experts Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named Best Hybrid Mattress 5 Years Running. Sleep hot.
3: himself
0: on vsin the sports betting network
3: before you make your next bet be sure to visit VSIN.com to check out the current betting splits data this feature gives you insights as to where the money and bets are moving for every game you'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match up with the public opinion data is available for money line over under and against the spread bets Betting splits are another way VSIN is here to make you a smarter, better year round. So, check out today's betting splits for every single game at vsin.com. As we are back here at the Circus Sportsbook specifically, more, I guess you could call it broad, lovely Las Vegas. It is myself, Greg Peterson, here on VSIN, as it is the Greg Peterson experience. And here's an experience. If you, like me, wanted liking Fresno State tonight, well, this did not go well for you. 27 to 24, the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors go on a 17 to 0 run to end the game, and they get the W. As you wind up having Jake her throw not one, not two, not three, but four interceptions for a Fresno State team that they have been looking pretty good at the beginning of the year. I guess that their close loss to Oregon was poo-pooed a little bit earlier in the day by the fact that Oregon wound up losing to Stanford, but home underdogs, another one. That winds up coming through for you. They're hitting at a rate of about 58.5% so far this year. And home underdogs overall, I think that they went something like 10 and 12 straight up. So if you want to take a lot of home underdogs, like we saw Kentucky being able to come through, you did very well if you took them on the money line. If you want to take the points with them, it came out a little bit profitable, but certainly the value was on the money line when it came to these home underdogs today. So you've got a whole lot of that going on and getting you caught up on a couple other of games before we dive into your futures i know there were a few people i wound up having this one eastern washington as a home underdog this doesn't necessarily count for fps stats since this is an fcs game but they wind up coming through against montana a pair of top 10 teams out there at the fcs level and i know that this is actually very significant to many of you guys that are listening 34 to 28 the final you wind up having montana close as a six-half point favorite as they wound up opening up as right around an eight-point favorite. So you actually saw some movement on this game. Total of 63 and a half to 64. Barely stays under the total. So you were able to get that one home if you wound up taking the under. And hopefully you wound up taking the Arizona State Sun Devils as they wind up being three-point underdogs on the closing line against UCLA. And they get the job done and then some, 42 to 23. They wallop UCLA. So UCLA, ever since, they wound up looking very solid to start the year. They have come back to earth a little bit, and how about Herm, Herm Edwards, guys? Looking very good out there in a Pac-12 that it is just a big, giant, what you do at this point. I mean, I don't even know what to say because you've got Oregon who winds up losing. Oregon State is actually looking relatively solid, but Washington having a downer of a year. USC doesn't have a coach right now. UCLA has now lost a couple games. Arizona has completed another dumpster fire. Cal looks absolutely terrible. They wound up losing as a a 7.5-point favorite. Washington State is far from what they were under Mr. Mike Leach. So, yeah, it's not a conference that is in very good shape right now. What is in good shape, though, is being able to take a look at some of your futures. I know that a couple of you guys fired these into me. I got to some of them last week, but I need to get to this one because I did not forget about you. At 96PowerKing on Twitter. sprint right option, I know you wanted me to dive into the Tampa Bay teams, so let's take a look to see if there is a little bit of a value. You're a fan of the Florida Gators, the Tampa Bay Lightning, Tampa Bay Rays, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And how this works is, you just list off a couple teams that are that are your favorite, and it could be for someone else as well. If you've got a loved one that's out there listening, you just want to give them a little bit of a shout out. Maybe you're looking for a nice wedding anniversary present or something like that. You know what? You just throw at me your futures and you try to have me come up with where the value is, and I talked about this a little bit earlier. I certainly think that there's value on the Tampa Bay Rays to be able to win the World Series. I think that they're the best bet on the board. I would not be taking a futures ticket, as I described on the show yesterday. This is where you wind up doing sort of your rollover parlay, your just rolling future, whatever term you want to call it, which is where you wind up taking the Tampa Bay Rays in the first series. It's going to be against the card winner of the American League, and at this point, the wildcard winner might be a team of 25 Greg Peterson's the way that that is shaping out right now, and you just wind up betting on that series price. You roll it over to the American League Championship Series. You wind up rolling that into the World Series, and if at any point there's a bad matchup, if there's any injury concerns, what have you that you have, well, then you're able to walk away and I'm sure that there are a lot of people that had Auburn Futures in 2019 that would have liked that option after their star player, Chuma OKK wound up going out going into the Final Four. So you get the added protection there. And right now, DraftKings, you're finding the Tampa Bay Rays as plus 750 to be able to win the World Series. You might be able to find a little bit better, a little bit worse, depending on your book. But that's the way that i would be playing this. You just do rollover parlays. I think that there is tremendous value on the Tampa Bay Rays, and I think that they've got as good of a chance of anyone as being able to win the World Series with the power numbers. They lead the league in runs per game. They've got an absolutely superb bullpen. They've been getting some very good starts recently out of so many of their guys like Shane McClanahan and company. I think that Shane Baz, who wound up taking the mound on Saturday, he's going to be able to give them some upside during the postseason. So I like the Tampa Bay Rays. I'm glad that I wound up mentioning this. This week instead of last week as well, because I do think that there's some value on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as well. I wanted to see them take a loss because that means that you're going to get a little bit of better value this week rather than last week. Because what you always find with Tom Brady teams, and this even goes back to their time, to his time while he was at New England, is that typically Tom Brady led teams are going to take a loss or two earlier in the year. As we all recall, Bill Belichick just going up there and saying, We're on to Cincinnati. We're on to Cincinnati. That comes from a loss I think they wound up taking either week two or week three. I think that was against the Kansas City Chiefs before Patrick Mahomes wound up getting there. Everyone was proclaiming that the sky was falling. And lo and behold, the New England Patriots wind up winning the Super Bowl. So I do think that you've got a little bit of something going on there. Obviously, I do think that they should be able to win the NFC South. I do think that the New Orleans Saints provide a little bit of viability there, but certainly... At minus 300, you probably be wanting to get a little bit more bang for your buck. Going into the season, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you were finding them at various books in just a wide variety of prices. Most of them were right around like five to one, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less, depending on where you're looking. But you're taking a look at it right now, you're able to get a little bit of a better price than you were able to at this time last week because they did wind up losing to the LA Rams. And I certainly do think that the LA Rams are going to be a very solid team moving forward. But you just take a look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, plus at plus 550 currently at DraftKings. They're still the short shot, but a little bit longer than they were going into last week. I think that that's relatively solid. I would probably try to wait a little bit longer on the Buccaneers because I do think that you could wind up seeing a loss or two for them coming in the next few weeks. They do have a little bit of a rough, rough stretch, especially when they do wind up going to New Orleans. I believe that that is week eight. So perhaps during the middle of the season, you wind up getting like a 6-1, to one, a 7-1. to one. I would certainly be taking a look at the Buccaneers. I think you've got the Tampa Bay Lightning. They've won each other the last two Stanley Cups. I really am not someone that dives into hockey too much. I know that one of you guys asked me about the New Jersey Devils. I would just say no because of the fact that the New Jersey Devils just aren't necessarily a viable hockey team right now, but I'm not going to really advise you either way on this just because NHL is not my field of expertise, and with the Florida Gators, good thing I answered this one now because after they wound up taking the loss to Kentucky, there is no value on them to be able to win the SEC, to be able to make the national title game or anything like that. And when it comes to college basketball, don't hold your breath on Florida necessarily being a title contender. They are a team that they are going to be bringing in quite a few guys that are transfers. I think that it's going to be a very intriguing Florida bunch. I'm just not necessarily sold on Mike White necessarily being a viable coach coach in general. Now, we did see them be able to make the second week of the NCAA tournament when you wound up having that Chris Chiosa shot over Wisconsin in Madison Square Garden. That was a very memorable moment considering I am someone from the state of Wisconsin. I've got a sister that wound up graduating from Wisconsin-Madison, so that was not one of the better moments, but certainly Florida was able to make a run there, but you do take a look at this Florida team, and I think that they're going to be solid out there in the SEC. I certainly think that they're an NCAA tournament bid team, but At the same time, when you've got teams like Gonzaga, I mean, you just even take a look at the SEC. Arkansas Power ahead of them. Certainly Alabama. I think that Mississippi State, if you're able to get Rocky Watts online, he had a big, giant, disappointing year his sophomore year while he was with Michigan State. But certainly if he's able to score double figures for this team, He's able to shoot anything above 28.5% for three-point range like he did last year. He's certainly going to be offering a lot of that, but you do take a look at this Florida team as well. I'm just very curious as to what you're going to be able to get out of some of these guys that are, I guess you could call them, a little bit of lesser transfers, as you do have a pair of guys that are going to be coming in from some of these, I guess you could call them smaller universities, as the guy that really stands out to me that I think is going to be really the question mark is Flindarius Fleming because he was on a Charleston Southern team that they wound up winning two games last year, but he was Mr. Drew at all for them. You're also going to be bringing in CJ Felder from a Boston College team that was not very good, but Felder was relatively solid. So that's where I'd be looking with regards to your futures. As always, if you've got a team or region that you want me to take a look at their futures at GUnit underscore 81 on after the break, it is officially going to be Sunday in all the continental 48 states. So going NFL heavy right here on v the Sports Bank Network on the other side. Hey, Sarah,
0: I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool.